0: Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome to the show.
1: Goal of this show is to help you. I am Mike Bell, and today I thought we'd talk about the top reasons why a house doesn't sell. We'll be with you for the next hour in our new studio here in Pasadena. Producer Dave is helping us get through our first show, and I'm excited to do this. We'll take your calls live. You can call us at 888-GO-FOR-IT, and that's 888-463-6748. We'll be taking questions after our first break. In our studio is real estate lawyer, developer, and broker, Greg Anderson. Today, he's my co-host. Hi Greg. Hey Mike, it's great to be here with you. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Greg. As a developer, he's completed hundreds of major development projects. He loves real estate transactions. I'm lucky to have him as my guest. He's known as a powerful real estate lawyer. Is also a federal re- receiver and a partition referee. What, what,
2: Greg? What does that mean? Well, a, uh, f- a partition referee is when a court orders a property sold, and the court will appoint a referee to basically act as the uh, owner to uh, facilitate the sale of the property. Okay, so we're not going to be talking about that That's at all right. on
1: this show. <laughs> Um, I thought we'd talk about the reasons why a house doesn't sell. And if you're listening, you should take notes. You'll want to avoid these pitfalls because the longer a home takes to sell, generally, the less money you'll get for your house. The reason is because, really, the best buyers are typically those that are actively looking for a home. They've oftentimes lost out on other homes, and they're looking for the new listings that pop up. So it's really important to engage those buyers because typically they're the ones that will pay the most.
2: Mike, you've indicated that uh, the best buyers are usually the first ones to look at a house. What exactly do you mean by that, and could you uh, amplify on that a bit? Sure.
1: Um, I think you can probably ask most top agents. They'll probably tell you that, Probably 80% of the buyers will look at a house in most markets in the first two weeks, and these are buyers that are actually looking. I mean, there's people that say they're they're looking for a house, but the ones that are actually looking are are on are on all of the different um, real estate portals. They've contacted a realtor. Um, they have uh, an auto prospect feature through the multiple listing service for that for their area, and they're actually looking at the Brand new listings, and and they're jumping on the ones that appeal to them. And uh, you, typically, like in, in our marketplace right now in the Pasadena area, if you haven't sold your house, if you haven't had any offers in the first two to three weeks, you know, usually there's a few reasons which we'll be talking about. But usually, it's because it's overpriced, because the buyers are just not willing to write offers on
2: properties that are overpriced. Mike, as a, as a top agent, what are the key things that you do to capture that first buyer who is the best prospect to buy a, buy a new listing?
1: Well, I always tell my clients that you have to remember, your first showing is not going to be somebody driving up to the house and, and, and looking at it. Your first showing is going to be online. So it's really important when you, when you hire the right broker that when it goes live, as we call it, but the photos are there, the description is there the correct information is there hopefully the layout is there but it's all there right up front and what you what you, you don't want is to have a buyer try to guess you don't want to have a buyer uh, you know. for example you don't want to have a buyer guess if it's in good condition or not, you don't want to have to have a buyer guess what the rest of the house looks like That's why it's really important, like we were talking about, that your first showing is online. The house has to look – you have to present it um, professionally. Um, One of the things that we do is we always hire a professional photographer. I don't take my own photos. I'm not a very good photographer. I'm a great broker. I hire a professional photographer because we know that the first thing that people look at are photos.
2: And then they read the description. So the photos have to look fantastic. Mike, is that a difference in the market today as compared to years ago, the emphasis on online? Uh, well, what's interesting is the National Association of Realtors,
1: every year they put out a, uh, a survey. They, they survey, I think it's 80,000 brand new homebuyers. And they ask them a whole bunch of different questions. But what they found is last year they found that you have a 93% chance of selling your house because of something on the Internet. So guess what I focus on? Um, so if they're, you know, the typical buyer is actually on their computer at night in their in their pajamas looking, or maybe they're at work looking for real estate. The old days of looking for real estate used to be, well, I'd maybe have a buyer and maybe I'd get them in my car. And we'd go out and look at 10 houses. Those are the 10 houses that I kind of control what they look at. And then maybe we go to lunch and maybe they get a little, you know, Get some food in them. Maybe you get a little tired. I don't know. And I ask them which one you like the best. And uh, that's how a lot of real estate used to be sold. I really, very seldom does a buyer get into my car, they're on the computer. And so it's really important to engage your target market immediately online. I'm, I'm sure everybody here is listening here has probably seen a listing that has uh, no photos or no description and it pops up on whatever portal you're looking at, maybe it's Realtor.com or maybe it's Zillow or the MLS, Um, oftentimes people don't go back to that to see if the the agent loaded the photos a few days later. They just click away and they go to the next listing. So like I said, it's very, very important that when you go live, that you have a professional broker that puts it all together in a complete package.
2: Mike, uh, along those lines, what are some of the key things that you do to maximize the appearance of a property online to get that first best impression?
1: Well, we were talking about how you have a 93% chance of selling your house because of something on the internet. So I think it's very, very important to focus on that. But one of the things we talked about is professional photography. You You should have great photos. One of the things that i do in my marketplaces we have a layout service come up to the house and they draw out the house and i know what people are looking at i know that they're clicking through the photos and i know that they're spending a lot of time on that last photo which is usually the layout uh, people want to know how the house is going to lay out for them um and then we know that they read it the description I should say and then they know that they, they go to Zillow and they go to Google and they do all those things and the typical um, home buyer like we, we talked about, they need to be engaged and you need to draw them in and um, the typical buyer will actually drive by the property usually and if they like it and they like your realtor, they usually call the realtor and the realtor meets them there. Thank you. Um, but we were talking about why houses don't sell and so that's you know, one of the big things that I see, and I think any other agent would probably agree that actually sells a lot of real estate, is the, the number one reason why a house doesn't sell is usually because of price. Usually it's overpriced. Um, Greg, uh, you've, you've, you've sold so many properties in your career. Tell me a, bit a little bit about how pricing is so
2: important. In developments, especially, it's critical in the process, and especially in development where you might have a number of houses or condominiums that you're trying to market all at the same time. Setting the pricing correctly at the start is critical to the to the success of a project, and I think that is also very true for individual homeowners that are selling their properties. That they correctly uh, establish the price, and that starts with a qualified, experienced, and expert real estate broker that will make that determination. So that when that property goes on the market, it it has uh, it has the best uh, uh, exposure to the market and uh, attracts the the buyers from the get go. Gotcha. Um. One of the things that we, we were talking about before we, we jumped on the show, we were talking
1: about how, uh, in my opinion, a lot of the buyers actually know the market better than most brokers. And the reason why is that buyers are typically focused on a certain area, a certain price range, certain style, and they're actually looking at the, the product. We call it the product in the industry, but they're looking at the homes that go on the market, that go into escrow and get sold and, you know, no realtor in the world be able to say that I'm wrong on this. It's absolutely true. There's no way a real estate broker, no matter how good and smart they are, they're going to know all the little nuances of every part of their town that they focus on. You know, we're talking about how important it is to price a house correctly. You know, like with, like I said, most of the time, if, if the house isn't sold, if, if, it's, if, it isn't, if it isn't priced correctly, it usually just sits. And I often have this conversation with clients where, you know, if there's two houses on the market and one's priced a little bit lower than the next one, it's just like, you know, if you were going to buy uh, these chairs that we're sitting on, if these chairs were on eBay, and I don't know if these chairs, maybe they're worth, you know, $100 each. But if you price one at $95 and you price the other one at 100 bucks, guess which ones are, guess which chair is going to get the bids? That's just the way it works. And I'm not suggesting you sell your house on necessarily on eBay, but that's the way buyers look at, at, at properties. They, they, they need to be encouraged to write an offer on your property, and they're just going to be disencouraged. It's, it appears to be overpriced. And if it is a little bit overpriced, you better explain why it's priced a certain way. I mean, if you have a gold-plated tub, <laughs> well, maybe that will take away the value, but if you have a gold-plated tub, you better tell people that.
2: Mike, can the experience or inexperience of the agent have an effect on this critical pricing decision that has to get made in every listing scenario? Well,
1: one of the you know one of the uh, the big reasons why and I hate to say this, but one of the big reasons why a house doesn't sell, and I really hate to say this, but it's true, it's really because of the agent. The agent can really control so much. I mean, if a property is overpriced, it's it. The agent can control that. We're going to talk a little bit about problems with the house. Uh, We'll talk about problems with the neighborhood. But all of that can be remedied with the right price. And um, it's just the fact that the majority of agents that are out there right now, everywhere in the country, they've been in the business for less than seven years. So everything that's going on in the marketplace, anywhere in the United States right now, is really their first experience. And it's a, it's a fact that the vast majority of agents only do three or fewer closings a year. And it's also a fact that the average lifespan of an agent is, guess what? Guess how long the average lifespan of an agent is? A few months? Six months. (laughs) This is ridiculous. So it never made sense to me why on a national average, the National Association of Realtors says 70% of all sellers only interview one agent.
2: Pretty important. So, Mike, the the moral of the story is that, like with other professional people that are are hired, uh, a homeowner wanting to sell their property should hire the best qualified real estate agent to represent them. That's that would seem to be true. Yeah. Well, what would you say about uh, real estate lawyers? I Same mean, thing. Right. Experience uh, is uh, is a critical factor. You you want to have a you'd want to have a an experienced real estate attorney, uh, not necessarily one that uh, is a few months out of law school. And I'm, it's exactly the same in real estate. And even more critical because a an experienced, uh, qualified agent, if they do their job correctly, it makes a lot of difference in dollars and cents to the to the homeowner. Yeah, you know, so it probably keeps them out of court and keeps them away from you.
1: As, as well as that, <laughs> as well as that, believe me. I think we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with more. Right after this.
0: Now, back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Uh, Welcome back to our show.
1: Our discussion is with our guest, Greg Anderson, and we've been talking about why houses don't sell. Um, one of the things that I was going to start talking about before we went to our first break is, uh, is the interesting thing that 70% of all home sellers, they only interview one agent. And it, it's always st- struck me that people always say, Oh, I gave the listening to this guy, or I gave the listening to that guy. And, uh, it's one of the things in my 19 year career, I've always wondered, why don't people say things like, I gave the listing to Mike because he earned it. Well, one of these days we'll get to that point, I guess. I mean, but my best advice, uh, for people, if you want to find the right agent, first of all, you should always interview three agents. And I would, I would, I would highly recommend that you interview, uh, three very good local agents. Um, check their stats, check their uh, references. Uh, we're actually going to have a whole show on that in a few weeks about how to actually pick an agent,
2: but we'll just stay focused on why houses don't sell. Um, Mike, along those lines, uh, the the importance of hiring an agent that is experienced so that the price is set correctly and that the sale occurs. Uh you know, we can't we can't under uh, underemphasize that. And I would just say from my experience, I have seen situations where uh an inexperienced agent on behalf of a of a of an owner has underpriced a property and left, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table that should have been realized by that seller, but for the inexperience of the agent. And conversely, sometimes uh, if, an a- if an agent overprices a house, uh, the property will not sell. And that can be um, equally as devastating to an owner that needs a sale, is uh, getting ready to move on, uh, wants to buy another property. Can you talk a little bit about that, yeah, your you know, experience?
1: Yeah, in my experience with that. I'll give you a great story about what happened up the street for me. But first of all, the seller usually will never know if they left money on the table. Because they're not really, you know, they're not part of the brokerage process and the give and take between agents and talking and stuff like that. So you really never know what's going on. So that's that's kind of the, that's a scary thing and that's a sad thing. Um, agents like me, agents that sell a lot of houses, we look, we see what properties are selling for, and oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, it happens where you look at a property sale. And you're like, oh my gosh, somebody stole that property. And it's probably pretty sad. Seller probably never really knew it, that they really left money on the table. There was a house up the street from us that they couldn't sell. They had a, they hired an agent who, nice guy and everything. He, he didn't really sell that many houses. Um, they had it listed with him for six months and he kept telling the owner he couldn't get any offers. Um, the listing expired. The guy gives me a call. He's from Pennsylvania. The nicest guy in the world. He gave me the, the longest testimonial I've ever had on my, on my website. And um, he told me uh, uh, what the agent had told him. Uh, what was interesting is I took the listing. We sold that within about three weeks with multiple offers. And this is not in today's market. This is in a market that was we were really slogging through things a few years ago where nobody knew if it was going up or down. But what the agent was doing, he was trying to uh, represent a buyer on the transaction and make twice as much commission. Um, and that's what he kept telling the owner. He kept telling the owner, you're better off having me represent a buyer. So he kept doing open houses and trying to grab a buyer, and he just couldn't
2: make it happen after six months. It's just really, really too bad. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about dual representation in uh, in a minute, uh, but Uh, going back to, uh, you know, to that point where you said that a seller won't know whether they've left money on the table. That gets back to what you were saying earlier and the importance of the seller interviewing multiple agents and picking, ending up with someone who is absolutely the best qualified because they are going to do the the right job and, and not have that result. Correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. And then there's a reason why some agents sell a ton of houses. And there's a reason why some teachers tend to be very popular at a school. And there's a reason why some attorneys get very, very busy. And some doctors are very, very busy. They have certain results. And it really doesn't matter what field you're in. The the top agent will usually get you to where you need to go. They chances are you have a, a, a very small chance of leaving money on the table with somebody in the tops of
2: their profession. Mike, I, in your experience, do you see uh, experienced agents uh, taking advantage of less experienced agents that they are dealing with across the table? Uh, it happens all the
1: time. It's, uh, you know, when you hire an agent to represent you, if you're a seller or if you hire an agent to represent you as a buyer, uh, you're hiring a really a professional negotiator. Um, some are less professional than others. Some are more skilled than others, and um, you can have somebody who's not so skilled um, get taken. Uh, and but that's 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 your prerogative. If you're the buyer or the seller, it's your choice who you want to use. If you want to use your buddy uh, that you feel bad about that uh, has their license that uh, has never sold anything, and you want them to help negotiate one of the biggest transactions of your life, well, <laughs> it's
2: America. You can do anything you want. What might be an example of where that inexperience comes into play that, you might, that you've seen in the hundreds of transactions that you've done?
1: Oh, well, it happens all the time. I mean, we have, I have, uh, when I have a listing, it happens all the time where I have a buyer's agent call me and he'll tell me that his client was willing to pay X amount for a property he'll just come right out of the gate and say how high his client will go without us figuring that out and trying to figure that out in the negotiation process. So if I'm trying to sell something for 500000 and some guy calls me up and says, my guy will go 510000 well, guess what? My job, when I represent the seller, is to get the most amount of money. <laughs> you know, my client may have sold it to him for 500000 but now that I know it's 510000 well, guess what? We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna push the five ten and try to close that deal. Absolutely. To get yeah. the most money for your clients. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, we actually have our first caller. Is uh, we have a first caller. His name is Russell from Pasadena. Hey, Mike. Russell, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. 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 Hey, listen. Um, my question doesn't really have to deal with like a house as being underpriced as you were just talking about. But my question has to do with what's happened in our neighborhood. There, there's a house uh, down the street, and it's been on the market for over six months and hasn't sold. Word in the neighborhood is that it's most likely overpriced. As a broker, how would you determine what the correct pricing should be?
1: Well, first of all, to go back, I mean, this house has been on the market for six months, you said?
0: Uh, Probably about six months, yeah.
1: Oh, that's... It's got to be killing the seller. That's um, well to, to to correctly price a property. It's not that hard, but you actually got to do some work. You need to look at comparable sales, see what's going on in the area. You also have to see what's going on um, with inventory. Inve- is inventory going up or is it going down? And also, what you need to do. This is what I do. This is what you should tell your if you have a real estate agent that's selling your house. Your real estate agent should be calling all of the agents in the area that have recently closed a transaction that is similar to your house. And you should, they should be asking that realtor, hey, I understand you closed this transaction, this house, congratulations, you closed it whatever, a month ago. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Most agents will tell you, sure, you know, maybe they had five offers. Well, this is going to give you a very good indication of what the market is because you're going to know that there's four buyers out there still that are ready, willing, and able buyers that are writing offers and they didn't get that house. And so now you know what your market, you know, now you have a better idea of what your market is, but I would uh, yeah. definitely look at comparable sales. And definitely look, have your agent look at uh, the trends, what's going on. Uh, is uh, Our prices is going up, our price is going down. Is inventory going up, meaning are you going to have more competition? Is it going down? And also definitely interview the other agents and find out what's really going on. What, who are the buyers? What kind of buyers are out there?
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, good.
1: Well, I, I hate to say it, your realtor has to work, okay? It's not all about sticking a sign out there. And, uh, you know, they, they, they say, you know, place a sign, put it in the MLS, and the, it's a three-piece. Put, it, put a sign out, put it in the MLS, and say a prayer. It, <laughs> it, you know, most agents function that way, and sometimes it works out just fine.
2: Mike, in, in this market, how important is it for the agent to really have their finger on the pulse of the direction of things? And I think what you're saying is that's very important.
1: Yeah, it's very important. It, it doesn't get any more important than that. Your um, When you put your house on the market, you're going to have a very, it, your audience is never going to be more captive than the first few days or the first few weeks. It better be priced right. It better be positioned properly. You better be fully prepared. Know what's going on with your listing. Your, your seller should have, you know, understand the expectations. You should also understand, you know, who your highest-paying buyer is going to be and if they're going to be getting financing. All right, this, it's, believe it or not, this is a hard business. And I think a lot of people think that the real estate business is easy and we just push a bunch of buttons and the end result just happens. It doesn't, um, you know, even with lawyers. <laughs> you see it all the time. People, people call you, I bet you, Greg, for personal injury, and they know that you are one of the top real estate transaction attorneys in town. And I bet you still get calls about personal injury
2: or (laughs) a million of things. Oh, it it happens all the time. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the response to that is to understand what it is their need is and then direct them to the most qualified expert, whether it be a personal injury attorney or an estate plan attorney or whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, experience is critical. Well,
1: one of the things that we were talking about at the break was uh, how you love inexperienced realtors.
2: (laughs) Well, after... uh, Without being mean. Yeah, I won't be mean. (laughs) But after 35 years of real estate practice as an attorney, uh, there are a a lot of common themes that come up. And uh, I think we're about ready to go to break. Maybe we can uh, touch on those. When we no, we have one more minute. Sorry. When we get ready. Well, but the, keep going. Sorry. The, the you know the most important thing certainly in residential sales, and you can amplify on this from your experience as well, is the critical importance of sellers fulfilling their duty of full disclosure when they're selling a property, and the failure to do that or the incomplete. Uh, disclosure of conditions is a, as a huge source of, uh, litigation and as top, as a top real estate broker and as an attorney, what we try to do is avoid those scenarios for our clients and, uh, Maybe you can address that and some of the things that you've seen, and we can talk about some of the common situations that we've seen that uh, uh, our listeners can can remember and avoid
1: in you the future. Know, well, I think being a top agent is not only just being able to market a property correctly and negotiate, it's also uh, to protect the seller. And we'll talk about that, I think, at the next break. But we're going to go to a break right now. And, uh, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with more right after this. <music>
0: Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell.
1: Uh, Welcome back to the show and our discussions with our guest Greg Anderson, a powerful real estate attorney here in Pasadena. Uh, Right before we went for the break, we were talking about uh, not only is a good broker, a great broker is supposed to uh, properly position price and uh, prepare a property for sale and negotiate for you, um, we have something that we agents like to talk about, and even uh, attorneys, we call it bulletproofing the transaction. Uh, you have to protect your seller. In every state, there are disclosure laws, and obviously um, that's one of the main uh, reasons for lawsuits is, um, not disclosing certain defects or things that you're aware of. I'm, I'm actually going to have, I don't really want to talk about that right now. We're going to have a show. It's going to be called, um, uh, you know, pretty much how to c- keep the attorneys away in a real estate transaction. So we'll be talking about that in a few weeks, but, uh, we're going to focus on why houses don't sell. And I think, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is that, you know, obviously, Big reason why most houses don't sell. Well, you may not have the right broker. You may not, you probably don't have the right price. But there could be something wrong with the house. Uh, you, you could have a horrible layout. Uh, you could have an apartment building overlooking the backyard. You could have um, uh, your, there's a, there's a number of reasons why you know people just don't bid on houses. But at the end of the day, uh, everything has a price. And uh, so if there's something that you can't fix on a house, uh, then, you know, the market will speak. And usually you'll, you know, you'll get what it's worth. And oftentimes you'll just have to drop the price. You know, people will pay less for
2: a less desirable house just the way it is, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and that's the role of a qualified and expert uh, real estate broker, identifying what those factors are and properly assessing them. And uh, arriving uh, through that entire process with the the price that gets the best result for the client, and that's uh, that's what I know what you do. and I know you agonize over that and uh, as you said earlier, it's not something that is easy or pushing a button. You have to do a lot of hard work and then what really makes the difference between agents uh, is the experience and, and intuition to really know. Uh, how that affects uh, price and positioning in the market. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so important.
1: Yeah,
2: well,
1: I, I tell people this all the time, and it, it really is true. I specialize in homes that don't sell the first time, and um, it, it unfortunately it's pretty easy to find out why a house didn't sell when you're looking back, and you can see what kind of marketing and all that other stuff that was that was put together. And I'm you know, Greg, you. Tend, I, I've, we've talked about this before. Uh, you're oftentimes a second lawyer <laughs> that somebody goes to because they didn't get the results or something happened with the first attorney. And they they finally realize they need to go with a pro. But,
2: you know, do you have any good stories on that without divulging too much information? Well, it does happen. And uh, lots of times you will get a referral. A uh, client won't be happy with uh, the first attorney uh what I tend you know my practice is more transactional real estate as opposed to litigation I'm involved in the preparing the contracts and negotiating the deals from a legal perspective uh on the front end and uh if I've uh, my goal and if I've done my job there's never uh wiggle room later for a lawsuit to occur based on what is or is not in the contract so that that's kind of uh my job as a as a real estate attorney and it 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 definitely backs up to what uh a a real estate uh, uh agent does and one of the reasons why we work together and have become friends is because I've seen in you you have that attention to detail and you pay attention to the things that can cause uh problems for your clients downstream and you deal with them up front and uh so that they don't become problems later. And and you know the last thing uh last thing a real estate or last thing a property owner wants after trying to sell their property is to have a later dispute with uh the, the party on the other side or or a, a lawsuit. Uh that's the last thing they want to have happen. And uh, if we both are doing our jobs, we minimize that possibility for the client.
1: Yeah, and you also want to um in terms of um Negotiating—you don't want to have too much negotiating going on. So it's one of the things we talked about is preparation. It's it's important that your agent prepares the house. There's a number of things you can do. Obviously, declutter a house, um, fix minor things if you can fix them. Um, Do the title search up front, um, there, and get all your as much of your paperwork and disclosure paperwork. Uh, done up uh, up front as fast as possible um, yeah, it, it's it's always amazes me where uh, you'll find that somebody signs a listing with an agent and the next day it's on the market and there's just no way in one day you can get professional photography uh, the search engine optimized portals uh, all geared up uh, and really do what really is necessary I think it you know it takes us we could we could actually do a pretty amazing job. Uh, anybody can go to our website, themikebellteam.com, and you can kind of see what what we do. We really kind of, I've, I feel, we've really set the bar in town, and a, a lot of people notice. Well, I get I get a lot of phone calls now from people. They kind of realize they see the value in using somebody who really knows what they're doing to
2: uh, prepare and position a property and, and put it on the market. Mike, you mentioned the importance of uh, decluttering the inside of a house, uh, which makes me think about the whole issue of how buyers can or cannot visualize what they see when they are in a property. So, could you talk a little bit about that and how important that is for a seller to anticipate, you know, what a prospective buyer is going to see and how they might evaluate a property. Well, I think it's important to
1: understand that when somebody goes sh- to show your property, a prospective buyer, there's probably going to be a realtor, there may be an assistant. Um, to be the the buyer might be a husband and wife uh, they very well may have one kid in tow um, and they may have a parent uh, there could be six people and it, a room doesn't it doesn't feel small until you get six people and so I always tell my clients imagine six people in each room how is it going to feel and you probably should pull this piece out pull this piece out pull this piece out and you're referring to you referring to furniture, furniture and, other
2: and other stuff things. they have in their house. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you know, um, and some people don't have the best taste, so you have to be very careful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, I think it's very very important to do that because um, yeah. And, and I have a lot of people. I, I will have sellers. that say, oh my gosh, I got to move all this stuff.
2: Well, you're going to move anyway. <laughs> right. So, Mike, you're saying there's a balance between. A property appearing lived in, and at the same time not appearing cluttered and over over packed with stuff. That's right.
1: And also, I, I talked about this positioning a property. If you if you walk into a property that is uh, decluttered and it looks like you know it's these people are serious the way they've set up the house if they've um, done curb appeal if they fix little things you, you're. A, a buyer and a buyer's agent are going to look at that house and go, you know what? These people know what they're doing. Let's not lowball them. Um, they, don't, they don't look like desperate home home sellers, and that's really important. That's the positioning part that I don't think gets out enough. It really, you need to be positioned uh, and and um, prepared because you just don't want you just don't want to waste your time with some some people. They're just going to lowball you, and you just don't want to. You want to avoid that. You want serious buyers, and you want the buyers to know that you're serious. Uh, it happens all the time. When I, I look at a property, I'll tell, I'll tell a buyer, well, the guy didn't even mow his lawn. Uh, the front door needs painting. Uh, they probably don't know what's going on. Uh, let's try to get a really good deal. Let's try to steal it. And that's
2: you, you don't want somebody like me on the other end when you're trying to sell a house looking at those things. So the, the body right. lang- the body language on the part of your sellers and and how that is communicated uh, verbally and nonverbally to prospective buyers is important and will affect the price that the seller can actually get. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Absolutely. And you coach your your uh, your sellers to uh, avoid that possibility and, well, I, and avoid that vibe.
1: I do the same thing you do yes. all day long. Is you're you're constantly preparing your client to understand what the roadblocks could be down the line and uh, what you should do to to avoid those, I mean, and you know <laughs> we talked about this before everybody a lot of people think that realtors we all push the same buttons and the same result happens. I started writing a list of the things that have to happen to actually have a closed transaction. Um, I could easily write four hundred things. Of those 400 things, 200 of those could completely screw up a transaction or cause some kind of litigation down the
2: line. Yeah. Well, along those lines, just to give a, an example, and we, we both know the answer to this, let's say you have a seller that has had a roof leak and it's resulted in some some mold and some moldy drywall, and uh, the, the owner wants to simply replace the, the drywall but not really solve the problem. And and treat that as though that that's been dealt with and, and uh, does not have to be disclosed to a prospective buyer. How perilous is that course of action? Well, I think lawsuit the, waiting to happen.
1: I, I think the answer is depends. <laughs> yeah. Now if the agent knows about it, um, I think it depends on which state you're in, but I would assume that disclosure laws are relatively all about the same. The agent needs to disclose it if the seller doesn't want to take doesn't want to disclose it. If that was my situation, if I was in that situation, I would disclose it. Yeah, I want to cover my butt. It's not worth, um, you know what the funny thing is? Um, somebody will still buy the house. You don't have, for a little leak, somebody's not going to say, oh, I don't want the house anymore. Uh, real estate, residential real estate is an emotional um, transaction. You're going to live in it. You're going to see your family in it. You're going
2: to have memories there. And you can fix You can usually fix something like that. Which is to say, disclose all conditions, and that doesn't automatically deter the buyer. But you don't want to have a non-disclosed item that comes back and ends up uh, being a claim against your seller after closing. Well, you do want undisclosed things um, if you're an attorney and you want more business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, it's time to take a break, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Right after this, I'm looking forward to this, Greg.
0: And now more of the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. Our discussion is with our guest, Greg Anderson, a powerful residential real estate attorney here in Pasadena. Thank you so much for our. This is our, my first show. We have a few kinks, but this has been a lot of fun, and uh, I really appreciate you coming out uh, with your busy schedule and court schedule and all that other stuff. Uh, you're a very busy guy to, um, to join me here. So kind of the, we talked about this at the break, kind of the recap, uh, the reasons why a house usually doesn't sell Is usually because of price or something that an agent can control. Um, or it could be some other circumstance, like maybe there's some construction going on. Uh, maybe there's, um, maybe there's a title issue. Um, maybe there's a, a, a gas main under the house and just no one wants to buy it. But still at the end of the day, someone will buy it for a certain price. And, uh, and that's tough, I think, for a lot of sellers to understand, but it is true. Um, if you had a chance to buy a house for $500,000 but there's a gas main underneath it, would you buy it for four hundred, dollars Greg?
2: Possibly. You yeah. never know. You never know. Well. well, the flip side of all of this is that for someone that's a seller of a property or that is a buyer, uh, they want a smooth transaction – If, uh, and they want the best, best available price in the marketplace. And this all goes to the importance of having an experienced and qualified real estate, uh, representative, uh, that has been in the business, that has, has seen it all, that has their, their finger on the pulse of the market and can coordinate all of these various moving parts that we've been talking about to make sure, uh, that the, the transaction closes and the buyer or seller get across the finish line and get the property and that's uh, that's what you've been saying here and it is uh, it's so important and and uh, it's been a pleasure being here with you and i w- definitely wanted to do this because i have seen you in action and i know that this is what you do and that's a very rare uh i mean that's uh, that's a rare trait among uh in the real estate community there's there's 1 or 2% of the agents that uh, perform at that level. And uh, that's a compliment to okay, you in case okay. you're wondering what okay. I'm saying here. Okay, 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 okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, state of the script,
1: okay, please. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, one of the one of the comments I wanted to make, which uh, it's a big aha for a lot of my clients, whether a buyer or a seller, is the interesting thing about real estate, and it's, it, it's sort of different with litigation and, and, and the law, but in real estate, we all have the same finish line. Um, and I think that's important for uh, – sometimes people need to be reminded of that. Um, the escrow company, which in some states there, there's a closing attorney, uh, the lender, the buyer, the seller, the brokers, um, everybody wants the finish line, and um, and that's, what, that's, that's actually a very cool thing about – uh, my industry and and selling houses is that you know you close one you go to the next one and it's not tied up in litigation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've seen your desk. Oh my gosh! How much paper do you have? Are you going to go green
2: one day? I mean, can you even go green? You know, I actually think that uh, the the electronic age creates more paper, not less, because you have to. Fo- uh, the, you know, elect- electronics allows for more communication, and you. Unfortunately, inevitably, need to copy that and have hard copy. So, uh, I think it's had the I've had, it's had the opposite result. So, how much is your shredding bill every year? It's got to be. Well, I wait for your I wait for your uh, shredding event, and I bring <laughs> a half a truck of paper I to know. your office. I, we have a
1: shredding event every year, and uh, it's uh, it's a thank you to all my clients. I, I let them know that uh, um, a few months in advance, they can come to my office, and we have a huge shredding ban and they come and shred stuff for us, so it's and we do burgers and everything like that. That's a lot of fun. Um, uh, so I know that uh, I get it's, it's interesting. I get phone calls a lot from people all across the nation. I have a client of mine right now who wants to buy. He wants to buy a property um, about. I think he said it was, I can't remember the name of the city, but it's 25 minutes south of Austin, Texas. And he asked me if I can help him find a realtor. Um, he actually called and said, I wish I could find Mike Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to find a good realtor. Um, and this is, a, this is something that, that has just come, it just, it's been part of my, uh, our business, is finding really good
2: brokers so how do you do that when that comes up when you get that call and they need a a realtor in another city
1: well i'm actually going to have a show on how to find the right realtor for you so but i can do it for you um but it's not necessarily the realtor that has a blog Um, (laughs) if they're blogging like crazy it means they're not selling i hate to say it Um, some of the top agents don't even have time to have a website And they're all word of mouth. Uh, There's agents out there that have really, really great websites, and they don't sell anything. Uh, So you have to be really careful the way you find people and look for people. And like I said, you should interview three agents. But uh, if anybody out there listening, if you are in, I don't care where you are, if you're in Nebraska or Florida or wherever, if you are thinking about selling your house and you'd like to have some tips, or if you'd like me to... Introduce you to somebody who's a top agent that's really close to your house. Give me a call or send me an email. I'll be happy to. I'll find somebody just like me. And I'll also, I promise you, I will get you some testimonials or references for them. I'll let you know what their track record is. And I will make sure they're in the top, at least top 5%. My email, by the way, is mikebell at kw.com. Mike Bell at kw. dot com. I'm a, one of the brokers over at Keller Williams, and our website is uh, pretty
2: simple. It's the Mike Bell Mike, it seems to me you uh, recently won some award. Now, what was that again? Hmm.
1: Well, <laughs> I train agents in, in our office, and one of the things I tell them is that um, you, you can't be a secret agent and. I, I know it sounds egotistical, but you need, if you're a good realtor, you have to tell people you're a good realtor. I have the saying, secret agents make no money. You need to tell people that you sell real, if you're, if you're going to go into this business, you need to tell people you sell, uh, you sell houses and you're in real estate because otherwise they're never going to know. But, um, it wasn't my goal, but last year out of all the offices in Keller Williams, um, in the San Gabriel Valley, I think there was 400 agents, um, I I didn't realize I I got it, but I was the number one agent last year, and so that was that was a lot of fun, and I owe a lot of that to my team. I have uh, two assistants. My wife works with me, and then
2: um, and then you're my lunch buddy. So, well, I think you're too humble. That was uh, quite an accomplishment among 400 very competitive agents in a in a very dynamic market. So, thanks. Uh, we're we're all very proud of you. That was uh, that's that's doing it the right way.
1: So we only have a few minutes left and I wanted to wrap up with a little teaser about my future shows. I signed a, a pretty long-term contract with, uh, with Talk Zone and they've been fantastic to work with. But I want to let you, everybody know what our future shows are going to be. Um, we're going to, one show is just going to be focused on what to look for in a realtor. Okay. Uh, I have another show we're going to talk about, um, and Greg's going to work with me on this. How do realtors get into trouble? And we'll go through an entire transaction, and uh, we'll let you know how they get into trouble. And uh, guess what? Um, if you're in trouble, um, the seller, the brokers, try everybody's in trouble. You just don't want to be in trouble in real estate. Uh, I'm going to have another show. It's going to be the best questions to ask your realtor, and that's for interviewing agents. And I'll, I'll tell you what you should be asking and I'll, I'll let you know what the answer should be. Um, and uh, we're going to have a show on short sales because that's part of the marketplace. It's going to be part of the marketplace for years. So I am going ha- I will have a national uh, short sale negotiator that I like to use, and we're going to have a lot of questions and answers on that show. And uh, we're also going to have a show just on the strategies that will get you the top dollar for your house. So we'll talk about, you know, if you're listening to the show, you're going to, you are gonna, may want to be a real estate agent, or at least you'll be telling your realtor how to do stuff. And also, we're going to have a really interesting show. It's going to be called What Your Realtor Will Never Tell You. And uh, I think you'll be pretty shocked at uh, some of the things that you think you know that work in real estate, and they just don't. And I'm going to be able to back those up with numbers. So I hope you're going to be one of my guests on that, because that would be a lot It'd of fun. It'd be a pleasure to come back. Well, that's all for this week's show. I'm going to be back next week at the same time and don't forget to visit my website, themikebellteam.com, and you can also email me at mikebell@kw.com. Uh our direct line is 626-796-4100. And I think when, uh, by then, I think we're gonna, we're trying to get an 800 number. So that's an interesting, uh, uh, process. So hopefully I have an 800 number for everybody next week. And thank you very much for listening. Greg, thank you very much. You're welcome.
0: The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.